This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with Kevin, Will, and Larry. And we're going to talk about, oh, Thursday. Preseason is upon us. Game one. And Cam and Luke ain't playing. Ah, shit. Ain't that something. But anyway, things happen. They look good at Wofford. Speaking of Wofford, we are going to talk about the defense because last week we talked about the offense and, you know, know, there were some good things to talk about. But this defense, woo-wee. Man, all right, and uh, of course we're going to talk about the Bears. Uh, well, we'll talk about the Panthers going up against the Bears. Uh, we don't care two snaps about the Bears because there's not much to talk about. You know, it's early, but we know some things about these Panthers, so we're going to talk about that right there. So hold on to your seats, folks. We're going to talk about some Panther football. All right, so talk about the defense of Wofford. Now, Larry, you weren't here last week, so I want you to want you to jump on in there, man, and give us your mix on how how the defense. Um, is, is is panning out, I, you know, and uh, um, give us some insight on what you think is going to go down with uh, 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 with this defense. I know I love the, the hog mollies and stuff like that, so I've been paying really close attention to the D-line, offensive line, et cetera. Um, Brian Burns has looked better than advertised. First step is incredible. Um, looks like he's developed some moves. Looks like he has a game plan, a go-to move. Um, that's all the things that you want to see. You know, and that just tells me that Eric Washington is doing his job with those guys. Um, Honestly, I'm curious, though, based on, you know, what we've seen in camp. We haven't heard much about Christian Miller, so I'm going to use Thursday as my opportunity to see what he has to offer. I was really intrigued by his his college tape. I was excited that we drafted him when we drafted him because he honestly, you know, if he wasn't ever injured, he probably would have been off the board a lot sooner. So Christian Miller is my the guy that I'm watching on the D-line specifically. Also, I want to see what uh what Trey Boston is looking like that at the safety position if he's playing Thursday. I just want to see you know if he's in shape or not. I want to see you know how he's going to fit into this defensive scheme and everybody else. I just want to see get after it. It's a lot of competition going on linebacker position. Um, Andre Smith looked at uh, I looked at the unofficial depth chart. He was right behind Luke Keekley, so that tells me he's going to get some significant game action. I want to see you know we all know about Luke and Shaq. They're going to be in the middle, but. You know, God forbid one of them goes down, who's going to come in and not miss a beat? You know, mm-hmm. we go by that theory, you know, next man up. And that's pretty much, pretty much it for me on defense. I'll talk about the offense a little bit later. Whoop. Kevin, what, now, now you were at Wofford. <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, you had you have kind of like sideline seats and looking at the defense and how they were interacting with that offense. Look, that looks like a juggernaut at this point, I'm just saying. Um, what did you see transpiring out of this defense at Wofford and how, how are they forming up? Yeah, well, what I saw firsthand at Wofford and uh, I pretty much went to every single practice that they've had could really be a top five defense easily if healthy. And the reason why I say that is I'm looking at all three levels. You know, when I'm looking at the defensive line, when we're in the 30 front, it's you know, so far, Don Terry Poe looks like the Poe that was wrecking havoc back in Kansas City his first two years when he was making Pro Bowls. That's Ooh. that's the Poe that I'm I'm seeing so far. Uh oh. In in camp, pretty much hard to block. You know, being playing the nose, he's right on the center. You know, even with double teams, I'm seeing him. I'm not seeing him going backwards. He's either holding the point of attack or he's pushing that pocket back and. And I know Poe was someone that got a lot of anger and vile towards Panther fans who had higher expectations when we signed him based on his resume. I think that this 3-4 hybrid scheme is going to really allow him to play his game that he's most comfortable with at a level that meets the need that we're trying to establish here. And then with Kawan Short, Jerry McCoy, Playing alongside of him, I mean, that's like what? What, 11 Pro Bowls between the, just the three different linemen in the 30 front? So it's definitely something that I enjoyed watching them do. I mean, thank God the quarterbacks got their red jerseys on because if not, it'll be a sack party. I'm just going to be up front with you. Mm. And it ain't the fact that the offensive line is is weak or sorry. It's just the fact that 
the talent that we got on our defense is just that strong and that good. Now, again, it's just the first week and a half. Uh, only had on pads for about a week. So I don't want to try to, you know, get all too crunk and too excited about it. But from what I've seen when it's been team drills, ones versus ones, it's definitely been something worth, you know, worth enjoying, man. Just watching how quickly these guys are attacking the linemen, disengaging, and getting in hot pursuit to either the quarterback or whoever has the ball. So that's what I like, what I'm seeing about defense so far. On the second level with the linebackers, ah, man, it's it's like watching – it's like having your head on a swivel because the different types of pass rush moves that I'm seeing from Mario Addison, Bruce Irvin, Brian Burns, Marquise Haynes, I mean, even um, Christian Miller, like – these guys are just using such a different, you know, variances of moves to get themselves free that, you know, I usually pay attention to trenches. So usually linebacker edge play, like, you know, from, from a 30 front, I'm not really used to watching how they do it, but man, it, it just, it just makes me realize that the potential of this defense is going to be something that's, that could be something special for a long time as far as our ultimate goal. And as far as, the secondary goes speed. That's the name of the game that I see is speed. I'm seeing a lot more, you know, man coverage when we do doing team drills. Still see some zone concepts, but I see a lot more man than what I'm used to seeing when I go to camp. So overall, speed and just natural disruptive talent is what I'm seeing on the defense so far from the practices I've seen firsthand. Um, just to add to your point, Kev, I think the reason why Poe may look like the Poe of Kansas City is actually because of that 30 front. When you get head up on a nose like that, you get to use your best attributes. I don't know if people know, but the man had 44 reps on the bench press. His his thing is to get his hands on you first, and then he controls all aspects after that. So having him head up, not playing the gap, being able to manhandle the man in front of him, that's what's going to help him dominate. My next question is, who are you going double when we're in that front? Mm-hmm. Are you going double him? Are you going double McCoy, KK? I promise you, if you put KK or McCoy in a one-on-one, they're going to win their matchups nine out of ten times. So, yes, like everybody else, believe, man, it's, we looking, we looking at the sky's the limit. The arrow's pointing up. That's real. Well, and another thing is, oh. I'm sorry, real quickly, just to go off what uh, Larry just said. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go into the 40 front now, I mean, you know, 40, you know, the 40, 4 3 defense philosophy is what we're primarily used to as Panther fans. But, you know, this is where Poe comes out and, you know, McCoy and Short, you know, playing the DT spots. And, man, it's <laughs> like you said, I mean, seriously, when we get in the 40 front and you got them two, one of them is going to be single blocked at all times because you're going to have to double one because if you're going to have the, the gall, the audacity, the nerve to try to single block, both of them, you know, excuse my language, but your play is up, you know, you, it's done. You know, it's a loss. It's, wh- whatever you had designed is not going to work if you nah. think you can single block them in a 40 front. Uh, so, nah. you know, whether it's 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, I, I just think that the personnel and the rotations that I'm seeing is, is <laughs> oh, boy, you, you don't want to step away from the TV when the defense is on the field, folks. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Will? Well, my thing is, you know, when you look at you know, NFL offenses, they're going to attack your weakest link. And right now that's uh, nickel corner. So I'm curious uh. to see who, you know, who's going to step up in that role. You know, they gave Cornell to some reps there. They gave Cole mm-hmm. Luke some reps there. Mm-hmm. You know, Cockrell and Seymour played there a little bit. You know, uh, JV and Elliott, you know, he seems to be separating himself from the pack now, which is good. So, I mean, we got a out of five, six deep guys at nickel right now competing for a starting role. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, nickel in today's game is a starting position, you know, because I don't think we're going to be out, you know, trying to defend, you know, 11 personnel with, you know, on a base defense. So that's what I want to see. I think that's the missing piece right now since we sealed up that free safety spot. So, you know, see who's going to step up at that nickel position. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most on Thursday. Yeah, I, myself personally, I, I have to say, yeah, I'm 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 looking at that that secondary. Um, and I know the nickel position is up for grabs. That's for darn sure. But I'm I'm really curious to see how how Trey and Eric communicate. I mean, I, I, again, I know it's early, but you know, you know, 
trade just you know, basically just got to got to Charlotte <laughs> five days ago. So it's like okay, um, I know he's a pro. He's got no problem with that. He understands the system. Um, he understands the the, the communique, but you know. Um, he has a lot of respect for Eric. Now, that goes without saying, but you know, when when things are flying around and stuff, you know, I uh, I'm just curious to see how that how that how that pans out. But you know, as you guys mentioned on about about that 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 front rush, oof, boy, Lord have mercy, you might not have to worry about anything. Just keep your eyes open. The ball's going. <laughs> it's coming out too early or too late. <laughs> it's right. Gonna, and it's, another thing, Tim. Since we, I'm sorry. Since we no, go ahead. Secondary. Go ahead. Yeah. I know a lot of people kind of. Laughed and sniffed at the fact of Ross Cockrell being played at safety to kind of like, oh God, you know, I'm Rivera. He's he's trying to do gimmicks. He don't want to put a real safety back there. He think he can put plug anybody in. For those that follow mm-hmm. Ross Cockrell and and know his skill set, you know, he's primarily known as a as a zone and a, as a cornerback as a one of the you know upper echelon zone corners. And when you play zone, what do you use the most? You use your eyes. Mm-hmm. And when you take that ability and put it at the safety position where you can scan and see the whole field, it actually plays more into the strengths that come natural and easy for him. So, you know, this is a man that's coming off, you know, a broken leg. And he said to himself, I think as of yesterday, that his personal goal for himself is to be the NFL combat player of the year. I know most of us would think, ah, long <laughs> shot, never going to happen. But the fact that he he thinks of himself that highly in that mind frame, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what what Cockrell does when he gets his rep at safety. And I'm rooting for the guy. You know, however he can get his reps on the field, corner, safety, nickel, whatever. I, I definitely want to see what he has to offer since we was robbed of that last year. Mm. But uh, definitely yeah. – um, Cockrell is someone definitely to keep your eye on um, with this uh, upcoming game um, against the Bears and moving forward. Right on, Plus, man. with Cockrell's uh, corner skill set, you know, putting him at safety, you could have a lineup with Cockrell, uh, Reed, and Trey Boston in your secondary. So now you got guys that can play both safety and step in and cover nickel. You know, Trey and Reed can match up with tight ends. You know, Cockrell can match up with the quicker slot receiver. So I just think having that safety with a cornerback skill set just opens up so many things you can do with um your secondary. Mm. Indeed, man. There's there's a lot of technique savvy individuals in that secondary. I will say that though. You know before we move on, um I just had a quick question. You know, one of the things that's been highlighted a lot mm. are the big plays that Cam and you know, offensive company have been able to accomplish, like whether it's Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. beating the defense over the top. I just want to make sure, and I know, Kevin, you were there firsthand. Ron typically puts an emphasis on not giving up the big play. So mm-hmm. is it a fact that our receivers have developed that much? But what's causing these big plays to be let up in practice? Well, from what I've seen firsthand and, you know, being close up, I, I can actually hear some of the conversation. And then, of course, I, I follow along like the rest of us on Twitter by those that are actually – you know, close right beside coach. Rivera is, as a defensive coach, he's looking at this as a good thing for his offense is the vibe that I've been getting. You know, he stated the other day that Curtis Samuel is light years better than where he was when he showed up as a rookie. And he likes the fact that, you know, so far that the receivers that are winning these, you know, winning these possessions on these one, whether it's one-on-one and team drills, he likes saying that because what was the number one goal of the offseason? Protect Cam Newton and get him some weapons. Mm-hmm. And by God, I mean, you know, I know he got the red jersey on. A couple of them highlight plays may, may would have been sacks, but again, you know, we'll see when the, in a little bit more in the preseason games how it's going to look when the bullets are real. But it's pretty much a thing where the defensive backs that are giving up these plays, you know, Paris Wells, the defensive backs coach, said it best. Hey, you win some, you lose some. It's been several times guys played perfect technique, played the right position, made the right read. Offense is making hell of a play. So, you know, Rivera does stay on the defense about not giving up the plays, but it's to the point where it's more so 
better offense beat real good defense. And for that part, he's pleased because, you know, as we all know, when it's come to the receiver core for the last since he's been here, uh, let's say that it's left much to be desired by us that enjoy seeing exciting wide receiver play in the in the uh, Panther fan base. Yeah, the only, the only reason I ask that question, you know, I look at my division. I look at who we play against. Y'all know who I hate the most. And if you look at that, those that team that wear that black and red, you got to be <laughs> honest, at their receiver position, they've got explosive playmakers. So I just want to make sure that, you know, we put an emphasis on not giving up that big play. I don't want to see Julio running down 40 yards down the field, running away from the defense. Mm. I don't want to see Calvin Ridley get another 10 touchdowns. I just want to make sure that, you know, we in line and we know not to give up that big play. Because I know at the end of the day, we still can tackle well. So I just hope that there's an emphasis being put on keeping everything in front of us. Mm. Yeah, and it is. And like like Will hit on last week, you know, a lot of people seem to get caught up on, you know, who wins and who loses these one-on-one drills. That's, 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 that's not something to decide if this player is good or if this player is bad. Because what doesn't get told a lot is the fact that, you know, Brad Bear's had four interceptions during training camp so far. But you listen to it, oh, he's getting burnt in camp. Oh, he's trash. Oh, yeah, I didn't he's even know this. That. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just sit back yeah. and I just laugh yeah. and I just be like, y'all really have no idea. Like, y'all y'all see the, <laughs> the, the spectacular touchdown grabs by Samuel and, and DJ Moore and think that must be happening every single play. But trust and believe the second it's like it's like it's just, it's like them old heavyweight bouts that went fifteen rounds. They just trade them blows, really. Some days it's the offensive day to, to to get the majority. Some days it's the defense. So, you know, don't don't be fooled by the video highlights to get showed of spectacular catches. Defense is definitely making plays, but as we all know, offense is what sells. So, you know, that's what's going to be get pushed out first. But uh, with my four eyes on the scene. I'm confident that with uh, with the play calling and and the type of coverage that I'm seeing, like I say, particularly more man, more press, uh, I'm not I'm not as worried as as the highlights are given off. Got to remember the Panthers social media team. Their objective is to get likes uh, and reactions <laughs> and comments. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's going to get you the most likes, comment, and reactions is Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. So a touchdown pass from Cam Newton in practice. You know, in the middle of a bunch of defensive plays, his touchdown pass will get the social media highlight. So, you know, don't just because that's what you're seeing on the Panthers social media team who has an agenda to get likes, comments, and reactions, you know, trying to, you know, get everybody excited. Oh, look, it's Cam doing this, this, and that. You know, don't think that that's the story of what's going on for the other 10, 20 plays in practice. Mm-hmm. And I'll put to you like this, man, because our biggest emphasis on Bradbury has been to improve the ball skills, man. You give me, tell me he got four interceptions in training camp. He ain't candidate for player to camp. <laughs> to be honest with you, I just want to see him getting his hands on the ball and getting turnovers because the big plays are what's going to help us get us to the to February, basically. Yeah, and I think that if I'm, if I'm mistaken off memory, three of the four interceptions have came on shorter routes you know we always talk about how you know he's playing far off the ball and things like that but when he's able to like get his hands on you and we've already discussed in previous podcast episodes how strong Bradbury's hands are when he gets hands I mean it's a statement to be made now don't get me wrong you know Samuel is pretty much getting loose and free at the very beginning of, of his route nearly with no matter who's covering him but you know, the two of the interceptions I've seen Bradbury make was when he was lined up on Samuel. One was like a slant route, and another was like an out route. So with Bradbury in his pocket on the short, quick stuff, yeah, he's been getting, he's been making plays. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm again like like Will said, the social media team job is to you know get likes and comments. That that puts it all in perspective because. A lot of the plays that the defense make never makes the the social media um, accounts uh, put out by the Panthers. So I get that. That's why I'm just sitting back and sipping my tea with Kermit, waiting for Bradbury to you know rack up these five or six interceptions this year. So stay tuned, folks. 
Now, that's also why the four-man rush is in existence. So people won't have to keep falling for the same old BS. We can, you may, yo, look, we can be factual and entertain at the same darn time, folks, right? I mean, we're going to keep it, we're going to keep it 100, but at the same time, we don't have to just you know, puff you with a, with a bunch of fluff just to get you to like or comment on our stuff. It's real. We're Panther fans. And I don't think you can take that. I, I think, I think, yeah, I think they can, they can take that. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Oh, I agree 100%. That's why we got the Rush Review out there. Ooh. If y'all haven't followed Jet, you know, follow Kevin on the Rush Review. He's giving you firsthand insight on what's actually going on at training camp. So mm-hmm. that's been a major asset for us. And that's something that if you want to really understand what's going on, follow that. Right on. And, um, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that we got Trey Boston back to, you know, pair up with Eric Reed because that will allow – Bradbury and Dante Jackson to play a little bit more aggressive on the short sure. routes. I think that's why we've seen that in practice because, you know, Bradbury, no, I got some support over top. Mm-hmm. Years past, we didn't have that. So <laughs> that's a good point, man. Good point. Yeah, I don't think we've had, I don't think we've had actual speed in the, in, in the safety, at the safety position since Bradbury's been on this team. Not, not, not like Trey. You know, not, I don't think we've had anybody cover like that. I mean, Coleman was in the right place, but that's because he understood the schemes. Trey can cover. I mean, he, he covers ground like crazy. So this this going to be interesting. Yeah, I just think like with Bradbury, there's such a disconnect between what I see Perry Fowell and what I see, you know, other people saying. Like Perry Fowell says, man, Bradbury, your feet are impeccable. You mm. know, he's telling him he could be a top 10 corner. And he's st- and this is a guy that's been around some of mm. the best defensive backs in the that you'll hear about. You know, he's coached Jalen Ramsey. Um, mm-hmm. A.J. Bouye, you know, he's been around some great defensive backs, and you just hear the things he says about Bradbury and how much he's impressed with him, mm. his, his skill set. So, you know, I'm I'm just – I can't wait to see Bradbury step up and start proving doubters wrong this year. You know, it's about that mm. time he do that. And he's the only one that can do it. You know, I can't mm. convince anybody that Bradbury's a solid corner. He's going to be the one that has to go on the field and show it himself. Right. And another thing, folks, to let you know that what I've seen, and I'm sorry for interrupting you guys, uh, just, you know, since we're just talking about the secondary, you know, primarily when we're in our, you know, pass defense, it's pretty much always been a nickel set. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot more dime uh, personnel on the field. And for those that don't know, dime means four cornerbacks and two safeties. Because also to the credit of the offense, you know, usually when we want to send out four or five receivers, it's usually a tight end, three receivers, or tight end, four receivers. I, I've seen some times where we got, we've actually had five wide receivers on the field with Cam and the gun before. And in response to that, you know, a, a nickel's not going to be able to cover five wide receivers. You know, we've learned what our linebackers trying to cover slot receivers can do to to our effectiveness. So to the credit, I, I've seen, and we saw a little bit of last year, once, especially once Rivera took over. But we've been seeing, I've been seeing some down personnel, in not only the thirty front but the uh, forty front as well. You know, when it's been the forty front, it's been four down linemen, a linebacker, uh, four corners, and two safeties. And in the thirty front, it's been uh, three down linemen, two linebackers, four cornerbacks, and two safeties. So it, we. we we're going to see some personnel grouping that many fans have not seen the Panthers do before. And here on the four-man rush, this is one of the things that we're definitely going to be tracking so you guys can be aware of that as well when we start doing our uh, weekly breakdown game after game. Yeah, I mean, you look at when we won those um, three division titles, we were dominating with our front seven. So all the division rivals just started adding weapons. You know, Tampa Bay gets Deshaun Jackson and you know, Atlanta gets went out and get Calvin Ridley. You know, I don't know. They got what Devontae Freeman. They just added all these weapons. You know, New Orleans, they get Kamara, who's like the ultimate chess piece. Mm. So, you know, they got all these weapons to try to create mismatches, spread our defense out, you know, get mismatches against those three linebackers on the field. So now with Ron doing stuff like playing more dime and nickel, you know, that's his chess move to how the South is reacted to, you know, attacking our defense. So I can't wait to see it. Man, this is going to be something. And we'll, we'll get a little glimpse of it on uh, Thursday, yeah? Yeah, I, I can't I can't wait to Thursday so we can see some of this stuff coming to fruition, um, especially the O-line in my, in my my point, you know, 
Cam is not playing true, but the O line is going to be out there operating, and um, and it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Is Allen? Is it's my understanding Allen is the second second QB? Yes, sir. That is correct. Cal uh, Allen is as of right now, and we all saw the unofficial depth chart um, come out a few days ago. Is currently the backup uh, quarterback to Cam Newton. As of right now, and he will be the one starting uh, the game against Chicago as well. So hmm. it'll definitely be uh, definitely be interesting to see see him to not only get a start but to play with the ones as well. So definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be good thing for him for the Cal Island, Cal Island fans out there. Hmm. I'm, I'm an Allen fan. I like his I like his presence on the field. He's, he's, he's something else. Uh, Larry, what you what you thinking about Chicago, man? You think they're gonna be a? Well, I mean, I know I know it's not a, a game game, but you think they're gonna they gonna come out there and give us some trouble? I mean, to be honest with you, Tim, it's hard to really focus on that the first week because you yeah. know a lot of starters don't play, so you yeah. don't get to get a, you don't get to get a good look at exactly what's going on. True. Um, obviously, I just like you 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 brought up Kyle Allen. I just want to see that. We have a formidable backup because of Cam's injury history. I know we mm. drafted Greer, but I want to see the fighting guys. So the fact that you know Kyle Allen has earned those first team reps this Thursday, mm. I want to make I want to make sure he can do something with it because Chicago had one of the best defenses last year, and it's not just the personnel that they have on the field; they have a good scheme that they run. Mm. So it's going to be a challenge for our offensive players. But you know I'm a hog molly guy, so I'm concerned about the offensive line. Yeah. I want to see the growth and development from Greg Little, from Old Miss to minicamp to now. Yeah. I just want to see growth. And I'm going to be paying attention to the little things like the proper arm rip and first step when you're trying to pull. I know Kev yeah. mentioned that there have been some improvements in his aspect of pulling. I want to see it live. So I don't really even care what the score is going to be on Thursday. I just want to look at the little things, the fundamentals. I just want to see growth. Preseason week three. That dress, that's what I'm going to be concerned with, mm. who's who, how we look, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm really excited about Thursday because we haven't had football in over <laughs> a year, man, like for us. Because our season ended early. You know, I'm ready I'm ready to get back to Panther football. Yeah. That little Hall of Fame game wasn't nothing to me because you know who was playing. We don't care nothing about them. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, Curtis Samuel gets some snaps. Hopefully, DJ Moore gets some snaps. I just want to see a few explosive plays if possible. We already know, you know, Cam and Luke not playing. I don't see the point in playing Christian McCaffrey either. But you know, it is what it is. Ah, come on, man! Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> 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 I want to see Elijah Holyfield on on Thursday because I think he's the dark horse of the camp. Mm. I got Russ Cockrell on defense, and I have Elijah Holyfield on offense. I want to see Elijah Holyfield make this roster. Nothing against Cameron Artis Payne. Nothing against Scarlett. Nothing against Bonifin or whatever we call him. We ain't hear nothing about him, but I want to see I Elijah got that in Holyfield a take that next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you was mentioning, um, we haven't heard much on um, uh, Reggie Bonif- uh, Bonifane, Bonifon, Buttercups, Look, whatever. You can't even say his damn name right, Cam. He, he said like, Buttercups. <laughs> <laughs> stupid boy. You can't even say his damn name hey, right. Running back position is about Cap. My back position is about Cap, Scarlet, and Holyfield. That's the battle right now. Uh, well, you say that's the battle right now, but I'm just telling you what I'm, what I'm, what I'm seeing. And, you know, what happened with um, Jordan Scarlet, why he's not going to be playing. Mm. Uh, in the game against the Bears, uh, he took a headshot during Fan Fest uh, this past Friday night, and that's why since then he has not been practicing. Mm. Uh, he's not in concussion protocol, but it's just something that they are want to just be real gentle about. So sure. there's going to be uh, additional running back reps because, as we all know, typically first preseason game you see about two series from your ones before start bringing in the uh, twos, threes, and sometimes fours. But, yeah, it's already uh, – Rivera has already mentioned uh, Reggie Bonifine by name already and said that he's definitely going to get a long, hard look uh, during this preseason because they like the fact that his versatility – because as anyone you know knows anything about his background at Louisville, he played quarterback, running back, and 
wide receiver. So that type of skill set is something that they want to see how it can translate, you know, over to, you know, results on the field. So, yeah, we may not get his name right now, but don't be surprised (laughs) if his name's not called out a lot this game moving forward. So I definitely uh, definitely look forward to seeing what he has to offer because I I really didn't get to see much last year. Mm. Listen, I got a hard look at Elijah Holyfield watching these Georgia games. Your boy Scarlett, he can get a hard look at the practice squad, man. Listen, <laughs> we got to see Holyfield because everybody is so worried about his 40 time, but the man is quick in short bursts. You mentioned that he has some great carries in camp so far. He's a guy that's staying late after practice. I've seen that. I Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a homer in a in sense, but I want to see this man make the roster. I think he's powerful between the tackles. Uh, between the tackles, I think he'll be a great one-two punch. Oh yeah, he definitely is someone that just recently, I say, as of post Fan Fest, that the last um, last three practices, including the one today, yesterday, and Sunday, he's definitely started to uh, produce plays because for the first full week, um, he wasn't really wasn't really doing anything spectacular. I know I have when I was doing my rush review and people were asking about him, like, I ain't got nothing to report to you guys. You know, he had a, he had some, about two or three drops all around the first couple of days. And, uh, he's been beating up that judge machine and doing that a lot after practice. And I noticed that he did start catching the ball better, uh, these last few practices. So he's someone that's starting to trend in the, and trend in the right direction prior to, um, the headshot Scarlet. Um, I know you said, put him on a practice squad, but, he was someone in, that was doing some McCaffrey-like things as far as like motion out of the backfield, catching. He only had one drop, and that was the last practice he had before Fan Fest on last Thursday. So it's going to be an interesting battle at at running back, you know, because Cameron Payne is also you know the fifth year running back. I, I know some people are like tired of him he's old he's this and he's that but one thing that i noticed different about him he's he's learning to use he's showing a, a, a burst of changing direction like he's stopping on a dime and starting back up and he's actually making guys miss in between the tackles which is kind of hard to do when you think about how congested it is between the tackles but it's just it's, it's going to be a good battle for the running backs for the whole preseason mm-hmm. who are you rooting for will as far as that backfield go yeah at the end of the day, I mean, Christian McCaffrey going to get, what, 85% of their running back touches. He better. You know, Cam <laughs> Newton going to get his share of rushes. And there's only one football. So if Holyfield, Scarlett, or Cap's going to be on the field, it's going to be pass protection. You know, maybe run a route of the backfield or something or play special teams. So I think that's the way that they're going to try to crack this roster. You know, I mean, preseason, they get a lot more focused, so we get excited about guys that aren't going to get but, you know, 5-10% of offensive snaps during the year. You know, I mean, Armour's going to get the snaps at fullback. You know, McCaffrey's going to get 85-90% of the running back touches. Cam's going to still be a big part of the run game. So where are these guys' touches going to – where are they going to find their touches? I think the way they can get snaps and get McCaffrey a breather and drinking some water is, you know, pass blocking (laughs) and playing special teams. So that's what I want to look for. You know, I'm going to look for the dirty work. You know, who's going to step up and stick a linebacker blitzing through the A-gaps? Right on. Right on. I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to take – who who has uh, paid attention in the daggum classroom, too. It, it better not be out of line. This, this, it's, this is the year right here, man, for real. We have the talent. We have the skill set. This is the year. Yeah, if you see somebody miss a pass block assignment out the backfield, you know he's probably going to be in the doghouse week two preseason. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, I have a pretty good sense that Ron Rivera's not going to put up to, with too much, too much out of lineness. I guess you could say too, too much people having you know what they call the brain farts. You know, just not not thinking on the field. Right? You can't fly around if you if you, if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Even if you make a mistake, making a hundred, going a hundred and ten percent, man. You know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> small room for error, people. Small room. You screw up, you well, not, you not get them back on that field. I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. Yeah, but with that said, you know, Holyfield and pass blocking, I think that's actually one of his strengths. So that may be where he stands out mm. in front of a Jordan Scarlet. You know, he's strong like that. You know, he has a good strong punch. You know, True. 
to pick up blitzers like that. So, I mean, that's something he may be able to contribute. Then you got maybe you could take some of the goal line carries. So I just think mm. of the different skill sets that these different guys have. He might have that skill set that may be able to find ways to take Christian McCaffrey off the field for a few plays. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I put up in one of my rush reviews that that in something that the media not really talking about that I I, I mean sure that I try to mention when I do my rush reviews is the linebacker versus running back individual drills. I mean, that is something that's, that's, that's something fun to watch, man. I mean, you, we're talking about, you know, I've seen Luke Keekley, you know, take on, you know, Christian McCaffrey or excuse me, the other way around McCaffrey, you know, picking up a blitz in Luke Keekley, you know, how eye opening is that, you know, and it's, it's something that I got to say, you know, we McCaffrey caught some grief about his uh, ability or lack thereof to pass block in the Pittsburgh game. Of course, everybody can, you know, lost their abilities in the Pittsburgh game. But hmm. anyway, um, that's something that I can say that he's definitely made a point of emphasis. I, I've seen him get run over by Luke, and I've seen him, you know, stop Luke dead in his tracks. So, you know, hey, take that for what it is. I know we don't blitz Luke that much, but, you know, just in the uh, just in those – Linebacker versus running back drills, that's definitely where you can see strength and agility. And to your credit, Will, and also to your interest, Larry, you know, Holyfield, I did write up that he does have strong hands. Like, when he gets his hands on you, if he can just keep his feet moving when he got his hands on you, that's going to go a long way to help his pass blocking. But again, that just takes time and that takes coach. That just takes, you know, more coaching. It's just... You know, you just got to get more reps doing it. So, uh, Holyfield in the pass set, that's definitely an uh, angle that would be something that could get him, you know, not only on the roster, but get him some reps on the field as well. He, he kind of reminds me of a, a stronger Fozzie Whitaker, you know, to be honest with you. Um, that's that's something that I see out of Holyfield just in the um, reps that I've seen him get so far. Well, for those that don't know, uh, Kirby Smart over at Georgia. And I know I know a lot about Georgia, but let's be clear. I'm not a Georgia fan. I just live in the market. I'm a Florida State Seminole fan. Die hard. But I do know that, uh, I do know that Kirby Smart, you know, he puts an emphasis on pass blocking for his running backs. So, like, I probably, to be honest with you, I have full confidence. You don't have to tell me nothing about uh, Coleyfield and pass blocking. It's going to actually grow because there's always a learning curve. But... Holyfield has been a proficient pass blocker. That's the reason why he saw the reps that he did at Georgia. If you look at the man, he's a physical specimen. If you look at his combine, the strength is there. So I don't think he'll have any problems taking on some of the best linebackers. To be honest with you, send Deion Jones down to A-gap. I guarantee you Holyfield will blow him up. That's just how I feel about Holyfield because he's an all-around player, strong. He has good feet. Everybody talk about speed, but you got to have good feet to be able to move the way he do mm. in short spaces. So I've got all confidence in, in Mr. Uh, Holyfield. Yeah, let me dismiss the myth about his speed. I know that was something that that folks were worried about. Seeing him in pass, like I seen him pull away from both Luke and Shaq on a, on an outside. It like it's like a. It appeared from my angle, it's like an outside zone stretch play. And the blocks hit just right. And when he cut it, I mean, they were like hauling ass trying to catch Holyfield. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Wait a minute, Dave. But 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 this guy can't run, they say. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that game speed and 40 time speed are yeah, two totally different totally things. Totally different. And you know, whether you want to question how much of an effort they was really putting in as far as chasing them to make it look that way, but you know they uh they they had to get up on their horse to, to end up catching um Holyfield when he got some reps. I I think he got a couple of reps you know behind the ones and you know he um like I said the last three practices Holyfield's been looking real real nice. It's like he kind of got out that nervous energy out the way of the first few days when he was dropping passes and and you know not really you know getting a whole lot of work. But um mm-hmm. yeah, not only by me but in the um, social media of the. Uh, of the people covering the Panthers, his name has been starting to pop up a little more lately. So mm. uh, you're on something there, Larry, about uh, about Holyfield. And 
you know, nobody cares about Florida State. But anyway. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I know it might sound like some extra shots fired because, you know, we got a live listener tonight. Happens to be a Falcon fan, so I, I want him to feel all the pain that we going still. Oh, Come no. Oh, Just so no. y'all know, we got a live listener tonight. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> keep on keep on listening. That's, that's but all it is. Keep on listening, man, but keep your mouth shut. <laughs> exactly. I did have a. Uh, I did want to bring some up to the fellows tonight, though. I read an article earlier that basically was insinuating that Jerry is right is pretty much a lock for that third receiver spot. You know, within four man rush, we kind of knew that already. We're in love with Jerry is right, miss a third down, never mm-hmm. see him drop a pass. Nah, bro. What that leads to is you know that fourth and fifth spot. It looks like, and this is rare in the training camp, but for that fourth and fifth spot, you got two veterans competing in Torrey Smith and Chris Hogan. What y'all think about that? That's uh, that's crazy. (laughs) That's that's crazy. To to know that we can be that deep, that takes a lot of pressure off of Olsen, too. Right? And and it also also brings in a a completely different um, scheme of things when it comes to uh, Norv and spreading the ball around and opening up the defense and things of that nature. Man, dude. McCaffrey can have a lot of a lot of lanes to run through if, if we got four wide and people people can't stop us. That I mean, dude, that's Jesus Christ, man. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy, man. I mean, personally, I think Hogan's a lot too at number four. Mm. Um, I just look at. Uh, I mean, I'm doing a, my next video actually should be done soon. Is going to be on the wide receiver depth that three through six spot. Mm-hmm. And I just think Jarius Wright is going to be that number three. Like they said, you know, he's, you know, he's got that chemistry with Cam. He knows zone defenses. He reads coverages very well, settles in. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he's just got that skill set to make guys miss and get mm-hmm. yards after the catch as well. And he just always finds himself open. So I think, you know, Wright's just, I think he's a lock at the three. And then Hogan has that similar skill set as Wright. You know, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watch Hogan on tape, he's just got that high IQ. He finds soft spots in the zones. He knows where to settle in, you know. Mm-hmm. These are guys that are going to, you know, get off press coverage consistently. You can't put them on the outside. You know, I think Hogan was the worst-rated outside receiver, actually, on the Patriots roster. But move him in the slot, put him in motion, let him get a free release and pick mm-hmm. his spots. You know, he can slice your defense up. Yep. So that would be my three and four, five and six. You know, Tory. My head says they're not going to let Tory go. He took a pay cut. They like his veteran presence. Right. So we'll see how that goes. But huh. at the same time, you know, Aldrick Robinson. You know, I hear he's getting some work with the ones, but he's hot or cold, inconsistent hmm. here and there. You know, Mickens. They got him. You know, he got to be a starting punt returner, which is a position we need, right? Because DJ is going to be a number one, number two receiver now. You don't want McCaffrey back returning punts either as your number one back. You know, so maybe Mickens earns a roster spot as a starting punt returner. So if you have a kick returner as one of your six receivers, that takes a roster spot away from somebody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to Tory, you know, Aldrick Robinson, uh, Mickens as your return guy, and then maybe, you know, don't count out the rookie Terry Godwin out of Georgia. So, you know, keep that preseason game on all four quarters. You know, that fourth quarter is still guys in that receiver position going to be competing for roster spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, you know, you're talking about the depth of veterans battling in, in the roster. This is one of the reasons why I mentioned um, earlier that, you know, Norv have been floating out some four- and five-man wide receiver sets. Again, this would be something very foreign to most Panther fans, and for the reason said, this is why. I can honestly say I've seen us in a five wide with DJ, Curtis, Wright, um, Hogan, and Tory Smith. I mean, you know, if, if we're on third and five and got them five guys out, you know, even with only five guys blocking protecting for Cam, I like the odds of us getting a first down if we trot them out on a third and five with them if we go five wide out. So I, I think that with speed being such an emphasis and also to say some wear and tear on Greg Olson, who's used to playing 100% of the snaps. So I, I definitely can see on, even though he has no limitations, but I can definitely see some third down, particularly there long, where we're going with uh, pretty much all wide receivers 
to try to pick it up versus, you know, the typical, you know, 11 personnel, which is a tight end and three wide receivers. So it's definitely something worth worth mentioning to check out. You know, when you see multiple wide receivers on the field, three or more, you know, who's out there and where they lined up. So, again, this would be the type of stuff that the four-man rush should be paying attention to and breaking down and putting up stats and metrics on as well throughout the year. I look at that. I, I, I actually agree with all your points, but the perspective I have, I look at a little bit different. On the third down, I want my best playmakers on the field. So that five, that five wide receiver set, I see Man. that actually being used on early downs. Man. You know, have, that, have those mismatches because you know when earlier downs, like first down, you can look for explosive plays. So to have those those five those five receiver sets out there, mm-hmm. that gonna make a big difference. But on third down. I want my best playmakers out there. I want Christian McCaffrey on the field. I want a, a Olsen that's not tired on the field. Hmm. And I also want to have, you know, our best third or fourth receiver like a Hogan or a Wright, you know. And the way the way Will been describing Hogan, it kind of sounds like, you know, this is a bursting on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he said a bursting on steroids. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, he, really that bad. <laughs> hey, Hogan, Hogan got hands, bro. I, I keep it. Hogan got hands, and he he can fly, man. I <laughs> I don't know, what bro. What stood out to me though was the chemistry he's got with Tom Brady. Like mm-hmm. you see the soft zone coverage, Hogan was gonna slice through it, find that spot. Tom, yeah. once he finds that spot, the ball's out Brady's hands. Hogan's got yeah. it, and he's running 20, 30 yards. So, yeah. I mean, just as much as you know, I enjoy watching Hogan's tape. You know, it's also just enjoyable watching the Patriots execute that offense. So I think the key here is, you know, can he develop that same chemistry with Cam and can our offense have that same type of efficiency? Right. I'm not going to let y'all, you know, talk down on the ghost of the Burson. Burson had hands. Burson ran a four or five daggummit. Y'all still caught up on that one month punt that he recovered. Uh, I, I refuse to hear this blasphemy about Burson. That was yeah. a good old boy, and he, I was a he, he did fan. what he had to do when he got his opportunities. I was a burst 32 fan. targets, 26 receptions, and he got back flipped in 2017 against Minnesota on a third down. Long little Burson. I was, a, bur- I was a Burson fan, bro. Real talk. Real talk. I was a Burson fan. I, I don't I – don't... I Listen, I'm a Burson fan too, Tim. I hear you. I just don't understand why they, why they had me on the punt return anyway. Listen, I'm just going by how Will describing it. No doubt. Mr. Hogan is a guy that's going to get that third down catch for you, yep. but not run out of bounds, not fall down. <laughs> He's going to do something after the catch, just like everybody else do. He's going to get them like, yaks. You know, we got a lot to look forward to. He's going to get them <laughs> yaks. We fall down, but we get up. <laughs> <laughs> Only if the hey, defender don't touch you. You're going to you're gonna have to add some auto-tune to that, dog. Yeah. <laughs> but think, you know, Hogan's a better athlete than... Person. Oh you know, yeah, for he's sure. Had, he's been clocked at sub four four. You know, at his um, I think it was his pro day. You know, you see him. He'll like Burson will catch the ball. He's not running away from nobody. Hogan will catch the ball. I mean, he can take it sixty yards once he gets the ball in his hand. Man. So I think just that ability to read the defense, find that soft spot, and still be able to make a play after the catch. That's what that's what Hogan's going to bring to the table. I think Hogan's skill set is similar to Wright, but I think he also has that ability to stretch the field vertically as well. So I think he'll be at that fourth receiver spot. I think it's a perfect fit for him. Mm. Well, America (laughs) and the world listening to the Four Man Rush podcast, be warned. Tell your friends, tell your family, this is the fastest offense the Carolina Panthers have ever had top to bottom. And there is no reason why we line up against a defense. They're going to be shitting themselves because they don't know exactly who the ball is going to, and they're going to be worried if that, that person's going to get another 50 after they catch the ball. Be careful. Be careful. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to can DJ and Curtis establish themselves as legit threats and have defenses planned for them. Indeed. No, because I think with the Patriots, you got Gronkowski and you had Edelman that could beat man coverage. Mm-hmm. So now you discourage the defense from locking up man against you. You want to play a softer zone to account for them. Mm-hmm. Now Hogan comes in. He can slice through that zone and make plays for you. So right. we just got to have that kind of um, 
you just got to kind of – I think it's going to start with DJ and Samuel. Then as they go, the other receivers will start to eat. You know, Jerry is right, made a good quote today. He said, in this offense, everybody's going to eat. That's real. And it's, it's going to start with Christian. You know, we get up, we get we get eight in the box, nine. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of people in that box, bro. One on one on the outside, Curtin Samuel, man, yeah, boy, oh my gosh. And North Turner calling the calls, folks. Uh oh, uh oh. Sorry, Bears. Well, you know, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Based on what you guys have just uh, enlightened us with, enlightened Panther Nation with. It's a name that I haven't heard much about, and I want to know what this actually means for him. But what's going on with Mr. Ian Thomas? Oh, man. Uh, Matt, Matt, oh, Matt <laughs> has the honors of breaking this news in. Go ahead, man. All right. Mr. Ian Thomas, he, he was eased back into the workload. You know, for most of don't know, he had an off-season procedure. Uh, that's why he was kind of, um, you know, uh, inactive during the um, some parts of OTA and minicamp. And the first, about first three practices of of uh, training camp, he was kind of slowly brought along. But man, when I tell you that once they took the handcuffs off, folks, for what it's worth, and again, this only been eleven practices. Ian Thomas has caught at least five touchdowns in practice, hmm. like. Particularly in the red zone, which is to a place that we have got, and mm-hmm. let me put emphasis: we have got to have a better got to red zone touchdown percentage on. Gosh, yes, he's been putting in work. I, I don't know if he had just machine while he was while he was rehabbing, but Ian Thomas is is showing that when uh, whenever Mister Olson decides to lead the field and go up in that broadcast booth, the tight end position is going to be in in very good hands moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, he's someone that they they gave him time to for his body to heal and recover, and he's showing that he's uh, looking to elevate his game in 2019. So, yeah, Ian Thomas, from the unofficial count that I've seen during team drills and camp, has caught at least five touchdowns, uh, most of them during, um, during the red zone drills that the team um, has been doing. So, if you see Ian Thomas in and we're 20 yards or closer to the end zone, watch out, folks. Money time. <laughs> mm, I hope you're right, man. I can't wait. Can't wait. Well, all right, gentlemen. Um, anything else before we uh, wrap this up before Thursday? Yeah, I had, I had one more thing because y'all know I, I pay attention to the national media, man. I hate the national media, but I, I still want to know what they're talking about here. <laughs> here. Um. The way I look at it, our offensive line, we have the ability to be a top five offensive line. However, if you look at the national media, their perspective on it is a little bit different. Not saying it will be bad, but they're most so they're more so concerned with the same things that everybody's concerned about with Cam. How healthy can they be? Hmm. You got uh, you got Paradis that we paid for. He's coming off injury. Uh, off injury, we gave him a lot of money too. Um, we re-signed Darrell Williams. He's coming off injury. We gave him a lot of money too. I think as four man rush, we gotta try to give our fans some kind of knowledge on how those guys are looking before we wrap up. You know, they coming off the of industry. Uh, I'm sorry, off the of injury. I heard some stuff about Don Terry Bow bull rushing Paris in practice, but like, what's the real thing? Like, how are they really looking in practice? Hmm. Well, um, given my perspective, since again I've been at all of them except one. To be honest, they've been they've been bringing them along slowly and carefully. What I mean by that is, they just they've been participating in some of the team drills, but not all. They just started participating in uh, the one-on-one pass rush drills this week. Both William and Paradis, they seem to kind of almost be like the uh, the the odd couple of the offensive linemen because usually when. Uh, One's not doing, the other's not doing it either. So I like the fact they're not trying to rush these guys and allowing younger guys to, you know, get their, you know, feet wet with knowledge and reps. But what I can say is this, when they are on the field and they are doing team drills, I see that that they're going to be guys that are really going to bolster this offensive line to allow us to elevate to the next level. Now, 
that's not me giving out false hope. That's not me just simply being a homer. This is just me seeing what I've seen so far in pads with the first 10 days of practice that both Paradis and Williams are looking like once their bodies are completely full goal, they're going to be they're going to be just fine. Now, that is true about Don Terry Poe. He pretty much had Paradis on skates. But again, this was like his first practice coming back where they're doing individual drills. So you almost kind of expect it. And like you said earlier, what, Poe had, what, 44 bench reps? So anyone he gets one-on-one, eight times out of ten, I see him doing that to a lot of players, you know, lined up from the nose tackle position. But I, I like the fact that how our coaching staff and medical staff is, you know, not rushing these guys back, even though they're all perceived to be the starters. So I think come week one against the Rams, the the restrictions will be limited and um, they'll be a full go. Well, we're going to need them to go full go because we got the best player in the NFL coming week one. So I want to make sure the offensive line is well prepared. That's why I asked that question. Mr. Aaron Donald, he's no slouch. So <laughs> I just want to make sure that everything's going to be okay with the offensive line going forward. I know nationally, that's what everybody's question is. Can these guys stay healthy? So as long as they're bringing them along slow, I have no concerns. Thank you for that input, Kev, because we, we, you know, we don't hear much about those two guys, but mm-hmm. that was important for us. I mean, it may only be a series or two, but they're going to get Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks Thursday night, maybe. So, might get a little sneak preview at the line against some real competition Thursday night. Amen. Absolutely. And I can guarantee you Aaron Donald is going to choose to line up over Greg Van Roten as often as he possibly can come week one. I have no doubts in my mind. Now, yeah, he's probably going to move around, but... You know, with everyone healthy, he would be, quote-unquote, the weak link. But don't be surprised if Greg Van Roten doesn't hold his own. Now, obviously, you're going to need help because I don't care how good you are. Aaron Donald is from another planet. I I don't even think we've, you know, even found out what planet he comes from. But that dude is just seriously on another level. So, I, uh, yeah, I... The fact that we bring these guys along slowly, I think it's going to pay off in the long run. So don't get caught up in not seeing them in a lot of reps, you know, early on in the first couple of preseason games. But by that third game, you'll we'll we'll take a look at how many reps that the uh, that the offensive line is getting and and see how it goes. But definitely something worth watching. All right. So. Uh... To wrap it up, folks, make sure you're watching the game Thursday, please. And, of course, make sure you are listening to this podcast before you watch the game. Or you can listen to the podcast and have the game on mute. Or you can just do what the hell you want and say keep pounding. <laughs> hey, Tim, I have, I have one more thing to add, too, man. We can't leave this out. Go ahead. We're adding another aspect to four-man rush. We want to be able to give our fans, because we know there's a certain demographic of Panther fans and NFL fans nationwide that participate in fantasy football. Oh, yeah. um, this is going to be headed by Mr. You know Norris Sternberg, but we're going to have our own four-man rush fantasy football draft. We'll be able to post our draft boards up to the fans, and you guys be able to see exactly how we think about things when we play fantasy football. But just to let guys know, there's a couple of us in this group. We win championships yearly. So we think we're going to be able to provide some good analysis for you guys. Look out for that. If you have questions about fantasy, questions about who you want to drive, questions about who you want to start, that's a whole other aspect of what Four Man Rush is going to be offering to you guys. So just be on the lookout for that. Interesting. I'm not a fantasy guy, but uh... – if you guys are interested in fantasy, and I don't do fantasy, but if you guys are interested in fantasy football, these guys know their stuff. I mean, real talk, they know their stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not biased, man. They know their stuff, man, for real, for real. Anything else, guys? No, we straight, man. Keep pounding. Let's look forward to Thursday. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And um, and make sure y'all still. I'm sorry. And make uh, sure y'all check us out on the Four Man Rush website. 
it is up and running and definitely feel free to leave your comments on all the blogs and uh, stay tuned as we uh, open up more avenues for you fans to interact with us on the web. So again, that's the foremanrush.com. Make sure you come and check us out there. Yes, sir. The number four manrush.com. Then you can also find us obviously on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And coming soon, Snapchat. So, all right, folks. Um, once again, thank you so much for dropping by and checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Whether it's the morning, afternoon, or evening, I hope you enjoy your day and have a wonderful day, wonderful um, day tomorrow and going forward. Um, and, you know, hopefully you'll come back and check us out next time. Um, if you have any questions or concerns about um, what you've heard here or something you might want us to talk about, Make sure you hit us up on our email at the um, the four man rush um, at gmail.com. All right. Um, this is Timmy Vio with Larry, Kevin, and Will of the Four Man Rush. Uh, big shout out to Canardo, uh, uh, and aka Kenneth G, um, Norris, and the rest of the Four Man Rush team. And uh, you guys and gals, football fans, Panther fans, as always. Keep pounding. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Man Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Man Rush exclusively. Thank you.